Welcome to The Point from Pendle. Fresh from the United Nations Climate Change Summit in Glasgow, I'm talking to Maxime Lafloc, Investment Analyst at Regnum. Maxime, welcome back to The Point. Hi, thank you very much. You're becoming a regular, Maxime. <laughs> yes, I, I do. Yeah, I think uh, the, uh, the news uh, are very full with uh, climate-related things. So, uh, so, yeah. You're in demand. So tell me, does COP26 in Glasgow get a pass mark? Well, I think it's a really good progress we're seeing. Obviously, we are nowhere near where we, we need to be in terms of uh, commitment from countries. I mean, this is what matters for COP, right? This is an international yep. negotiations where countries are pledging you know, action and, and try to coordinate things. But I think overall, I'm very optimistic that we'll see an acceleration in action. First, when you look at the national policies that uh, countries have put together uh, ahead of COP, uh, we were already looking at a 2.4 degree global warming, which is much lower than what we had even back at the, uh, the Paris Agreement in 2015. So, so there is a, a ratcheting up. And I think this will accelerate. Uh, and one of the reasons is that we also have an accelerating cycle whereby those national policies uh, contribution that uh, you know, countries need to submit, the, the NDCs, they used to be on a five-year review cycle and now they're put on a f- one year. So already next year, countries will have to go back to the COP and uh, show their increased commitment to decarbonisation. I think this is together with, when you look at the text of the, uh, the actual Glasgow Climate Pact, you've got a lot more focus on midterm targets. So it's not just about... Uh, net zero by 2050, but it's also about what are you doing now, you know, for the next 10 years to really implement that in, into how you produce, you know, electricity, how you produce cement, steel, you know, all those industries that need to decarbonize. I think it's a good outcome. And it's also what we're seeing is the US, China, India are getting more serious. Uh, of course, you still have things you know, that are not perfect, like uh, India is uh, trying to push for uh, a watering down of, of some of the ambitions around coal. But uh, yeah, there is a lot of progress where you know, China and India already are uh, committing to net zero targets. Uh, it's not yet in their national plans, but this is going to, uh, to accelerate dramatically, I think. Okay. So that sort of sense of urgency has really come out of the last couple of weeks, which is great. Of course, we've paid a lot of attention to it and the media has paid a lot of attention to Glasgow in the last few weeks and the run up to it. But it's really just the pointy end of a much deeper trend, isn't it? That's right. I think one of the reasons I think we're seeing an acceleration at this kind of international event is that actually we're seeing that the economics of decarbonisation are getting a lot better. And so countries are saying that actually it makes a lot more sense, just a good economic sense uh, to develop renewable energy, to you know, have smart grid technology, uh, electric vehicles, batteries and so on. Uh, I think this is what you're seeing with you know, countries like China, which uh, has very good technologies in all those domains I, I just quoted. Uh, and so they're saying that actually this could be a very interesting economic opportunity uh, for those countries to export. Uh, I think you know, this is what we're seeing also as investors, that uh, those markets are getting increasingly attractive to you know, generate good uh, financial return while making an impact in terms of decarbonization. And it's something we've seen also uh, recently. We, we just published last week, actually, uh, a piece of research on green innovation. And we're seeing that th- there's a, a deeper trend here where we're seeing what we expect to be a new innovation cycle that will be driven by green innovation already. When you look at patent data, you see that 
the amount of green patents within all kind of global patents is 10% of global patents today, which you know, is up from uh, 6% 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, so there, there is an acceleration and, and this is creating a lot of opportunity. And we're seeing that reflected in the outcomes for COP. So bringing that back to the investor, that means there must be opportunities for investors in that area. Yes, exactly. I think uh, one of the major ways of decarbonizing is to bring innovation. Uh, there is a, a very big technological angle to this. Of course, it's not everything, but it's a very important angle. And it's particularly important for investors because innovation brings products to markets, bring revenues and bring profitable growth for those companies who ultimately uh, returns. And so we're seeing you know, things like, for instance, cement. Cement is, is an industry that has not done much radical innovation mm-hmm. uh, in the last decades. It's been mostly process improvements that are quite in- incremental, uh, but we're seeing new uh, approaches. And so one of the, uh, the companies, for instance, in which we invest, uh, Hoffman Green Cement, uh, has brought to the market radical innovation in this sector. It was not seeing that. And uh, with a new kind of cement uh, that doesn't require the production of clinker, which is really where most of the emissions happen for for cement. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they can cut emissions from cement by a a factor of six. Uh, So it's very, very radical. And you have to bear in mind that cement is a very big part of the the carbon equation. If if the cement industry was a country, it would be the third largest uh, emitting country after China and the U.S., Wow. Okay, so Cement, what other general areas are of interest where you think there are technology breakthroughs that have happened or happening, just to keep an eye on? I'm I'm not looking for detail, just broadly though. Yeah, I mean, one of the areas we're very interested about is uh, the area of industrial software. So uh, one of the areas we are actually invested in is uh, simulation software. So a company like Ansys, for instance, in the US, where this software is really helping accelerating innovation. So it enables you as, a, as an R&D engineer to run simulations, very complex simulations that involve multiple physics, and you can simulate on a computer what would happen to a, you know electric engine, for instance, uh, depending on different scenarios for heat and, and, and pressure and trying to reproduce real-world conditions. And so that helped those engineers to actually run uh, thousands of simulations on the computer instead of resorting to a physical prototype. So it makes innovation cheaper, more effective, faster, enables you to also include from the design phase of products parameters such as, well, environmental impact so that you can optimize for the carbon footprint of the, the end product, uh, for instance, from the design phase as opposed to as, a, as an afterthought. So uh, th- this would be a very important piece of accelerating innovation, we think. Maxime, thank you for talking to The Point. Thank you very much. That was Maxime Lafloc, Investment Analyst at Regnum. I'm Sean Aylmer.